fan, no one's talking about the Nets, right? Last episode, we were just feeling like after that Pacers win, there should have been more national coverage of what Jacques Vaughn and the Brooklyn Nets are doing. The media was slow to get on board, but now they're on board. Now uh, they're talking about Katie, Kyrie, and they're not so focused on nonsense. Uh, it's a good time to be a Nets fan again. It's a good time to, uh, and, and as just as I s- said that, I know someone is calling the voicemail right now. So, Oh, it's popping there. The old one, the old one went the way of Steve Nash. The new one is, is the Jacques Vaughn voicemail. <laughs> as I say that, because like, I have to connect my phone to the Google Voice as like a second number. It goes to that voicemail. I just got to ignore the call. But as soon as I said that, someone just called. So uh, we'll potentially get a voicemail played on this episode. But um, this is a quick episode. There's really only one game to talk about, right? Because uh, we last recorded after the Pacers win and going into the Wizards game on Monday. So that's the only game we have to talk about. But I would like to talk about just, you know, random things around the Nets. Ben Simmons and Meg the Stallion as Meg the Stallion is uh, in court. And I wanted to elaborate more on that. I think we touched on it a little bit last episode. Uh, Kyrie and his comments when he said there's no more excuses in pursuit of a championship this year. Uh, I, I like that attitude because this is supposed to be the all-in year. Um, other quick things. The Nets have assigned Dayron Sharp to Long Island. Obviously, Dayron came up. Him and Kess, they helped out. Um, you know, they, they called the young guys up to defeat Indiana. But he goes back down. He's still working on a bunch of things, and he's still needed there. Um, Alex hit us up with the news that Steph, and, and you probably know if you're following the NBA, Steph has a shoulder issue, and uh, he's going to be out a few weeks. So next Wednesday, I think he was supposed to come to Barclays Center. The Warriors are going to be there, but he will not be playing in that game. And I remember last year, a lot of young kids show up, Steph, Steph. They got their Steph jerseys on. They're waiting by the uh, locker room entrance trying to get Steph to sign shoes, jerseys, hats. Maybe it'll be a little easier if he's around and he's not playing. But uh, that that creates a different game. And we'll, we'll get to that when we look ahead at the end of the episode. So the Wizards game. I mean, I don't know what you need to see. We play the Wizards again. We beat the Wizards again. It doesn't matter if Kyle Kuzma's doing his thing. Doesn't matter if Chris uh, Chris Tabs Porzingis is doing his thing or Will Barton is doing his thing. The Nets are doing their thing right now under Jacques Vaughn. Kevin Durant comes out and has 30. Kyrie has 24. Ben Simmons looks good with his 10 and 8 rebounds. Joe Harris had 11 points. They're, they're getting help from a lot of guys. And TJ Warren had 12. TJ Warren puts together another good game. I just watched that game and I said, okay, they're playing good basketball. They're handling business. It doesn't always have to be flashy or super impressive. Kyrie was flashy and super impressive. KD had some moments in that game, a couple heat checks and like, you know, but that's what you expect from them. Robin, watching the Nets face the Wizards again, did anything stand out in this matchup? Did anything pop to you uh, watching the game on Monday night? You know, I guess from a smaller standpoint, there are, and I've probably said this to some extent before, some variation of this before, but there are a few guys who I don't know if we knew would be key members of this team, and it appears that they're going to be key members of this team in the rotation this year, and, and that is um, T.J. Warren, who you mentioned, who just came back. 
uh, and his ability to create for himself, get his own shot. Yuta Watanabe and, you know, the energy he co- sort of brings, the, the, you know, the, the spirit he plays with. I think that's the biggest thing he brings to the court. It's just he's grabbing rebounds. He's running the floor. He's, he's spacing the floor. He's moving without the ball, all those sort of things. And Edmund Sumner, who, you know, is, has been a very good backup point guard, defender, uh, driver, um, uh, another guy who plays with energy. So I, I think from the, the smaller scale standpoint, just the fact that those guys continue to show that I think they're going to be able to be relied upon was probably the most telling thing. But otherwise, look, it's time to see what the Nets look like against the big boys. I, I think we, we now realize under Jacques Vaughn and with, when healthy, they're a good team. And that they should have no problems on most. You know, you're going to have a couple bad nights here and there in the season. But on, on most nights, disposing of the likes of the Wizards or the the Raptors or, or teams of that ilk. I'm ready to see what the Nets now look like when they, they see the Bucks. I was looking forward to that game uh, against the, the Warriors, but obviously now it's a, a little bit of a different story without Steph. Another matchup with the Celtics. You know, I, I want to see how the, the Nets now stack up against those teams because that's the, the next rung on the ladder that they got to climb. So in three times facing the Wizards, uh, they went to D.C. on November 4th. The Nets beat them 128-86, smacked them. That was an all-time embarrassment for D.C. Then the next time they came to Brooklyn, they beat the Wizards 113-107. Then they go back to D.C. Monday, the Nets beat the Wizards 112-100. The Wizards are probably trading guys. Uh, Bradley Beal didn't play in that game. And Kyle Kuzma's probably out of there. Someone's going to probably pluck him from them. Um, and like Robin just alluded to, you don't really write home beating the 11 and 17 Washington Wizards without their best player. But a win is a win is a win, especially in this week where they played Monday. And I think it was Nick Claxton said something like it felt like a, a mini all star break with these days off Tuesday, Wednesday, today. Three days in the middle of the uh, week in an NBA season in December to have off is a luxury. They were back on the court shooting around today. And uh, this news just broke. I saw Alex put it in the chat and I went to go find more information on it. So we talked a lot about the Pacers game, right? We wanted more attention on the Pacers game, but not this kind of attention. The Nets were fined for... um, Let's see. I'll read the Brian Lewis tweet, okay? So <laughs> the the way that the Nets went about doing their business, the NBA today announced that the Nets have been fined $25,000 for failing to comply with league policies governing injury reporting. So you ask for the attention, and the NBA starts to look into it, and we know all about load managing and resting players and how people feel about, like, Oh, man, KD and Kyrie are coming to Indiana. I circled this game. I I spent my whole summer's paychecks to get good seats for this game, and they're not going to play. Well, uh, Brian Lewis went on to write that the fine for the Nets eight men out game over the weekend in Indiana. Uh, he asked Jock Vaughn at the time if he expected to hear from the NBA, considering Adam Silver's views on load management and stars missing games. And he said, considering it seems like every year we hear from Adam Silver about load management and stars not playing, and this case is more extreme than most, would you expect that the league might say something to you? And Jacques said, I think everything that is reported today has been documented. And so whether that 
is so whatever that is we know that seth and joe they had off-season ankle injuries there's no argument to that nick claxton didn't play last game because he had a hamstring tightness there's no argument to that kevin is leading the league in minutes there's no argument to that royce has personal reasons he's missing the next game he also is leading the league in minutes there's no argument to that so it's just a combination that's adding up at the same time. But we feel total, totally comfortable as an organization that we put the best product out on the floor as many times as possible, and we'll continue to do that. It just so happened tonight is more than one, two, or three people. <laughs> it was eight. I don't care. The Nets can afford it. The Nets are printing money this season. They've sold out 90% of their games. Uh, what do you think about this? Uh, you think this is the NBA doing too much? You think anyone cares about this $25,000 fine? I really don't think they care. Well, look, $25,000 is really nothing uh, to the you know pockets of Joe Psy or whoever actually pays that that fine. I, I get it, though. I do get it. Um, and, and, and this is not me being critical of the Nets. Like, I also get why the Nets did that. And, and in some ways, it's smart to choose one game, right? Instead of spacing it out over time and, and having it be a repeat thing, it was all in that one game. So you could really argue they've been better than maybe other teams. I have, I'd have to look at the way other teams have handled those situations where it was really only the one time. However, Kevin Durant was not hurt. Yeah, he's, he let, he's leading the league in minutes or whatever, but he wasn't hurt, and he sat out the game. Uh, Kyrie Irving, I have no idea why Kyrie Irving didn't play in the game. He just didn't play because everybody else didn't play, right? So, you know Ky- Kyrie always is looking for a reason to sit down. No, I'm messing with you, Kai. So, I, I mean, I get, like... I, I understand. I mean, because you would feel that type of way, right? Like if you were a fan and went to a game, it, it sucks. It's a bummer. Uh, but it's also, you know, prudent management and, and, and trying to be smart about uh, the rigors of what is a long NBA season. And, you know, what, what I think is, one thing, it's 82 games. But two, I don't know how many people have gone into this much, but the explosive movements of players nowadays, you know, when you think about it, I think more square footage of the court is used now than ever was before. So when you're talking about switching screens and closing out and, and as many three-point shooters as there is and then going on to the break and then getting back and then switching screens and then closing out, that is just a lot of explosive movement. That is a lot of wear and tear on the, the lower extremities. And when you condense the schedule and you're playing games back-to-back or – when it was nine games in 14 days or whatever the case it was. Yeah, that, that can, I think, lead to some of the um, injury accumulation that we see nowadays that when you get older guys saying, well, back in our day, it didn't happen like that. Well, you know, back in the day, homeboy was dribbling the ball off the court. The other guy was going into the yeah, post, back game. to the basket, dumping it in, and everybody's out there watching, you know. So uh, I, I think um, that that is is part of, why you see maybe um, it, it happened a little bit more today as, as well as more data and, and everything like that. But um, in the grand scheme of things, no one's going to remember this. You know, we g- give it another week and we will never speak of that game again. 